Psalm 91. <clears throat> uh, I'm going to read the entire chapter. It says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the filer and from the noisome pestilence. Shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror of the night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Notice that. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Think about that a little bit. The wicked shall be turned into hell, the Bible says. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high, thy habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder, the young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. Because he hath set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high, because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. So tonight, dwelling in the secret place, titled. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the opportunity we have to open your word tonight. I pray that we'd be encouraged, strengthened. We'd also be challenged and help us to realize what we have in our Lord Jesus Christ and his church and the protection that is ours. Um, you know, we know that, Lord, you were accused of having a hedge about Job by Satan himself, something you did not deny. And we thank you for your protection that you provide as we walk with you, where your word reminds us that we are in the hollow of thy hand. And so we just thank you for those precious promises. So encourage our hearts tonight as we look at this passage, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Verse 1 there says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. This is the uh, uh, first time the Almighty is used is actually in Genesis 17, 1, uh, where the Bible says, When Abram was ninety years old nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. Uh, the Almighty is defined as Shaddai, breasted one, nourisher, strength giver, satisfier, who pours himself into believing lives. So the Almighty God is one who pours himself into our lives. He provides for us. And as you read this passage of Scripture, you can't help but think about all the things that the Almighty does for his own. And we'll look at some of those. Uh, you know, Abraham wanted an heir, and God had promised him an heir, a son, at, and at 99, God said, I'm the Almighty. I can provide. I can take care of this for you. He's the strength giver. And so uh, that is our Heavenly Father. You know, in 2 Corinthians 6, 17 and 18, the Bible says, Wherefore, come out from among them, be ye separate, saith the Lord. 
touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you. You know, a lot of people think, well, if I separate from the world, then I'll be all by myself. And, now, you know, everybody will be against me. And No, God says, I will receive you and will be a father. And you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty, the one that provides, the one that protects, and the one that pours himself into your life. And, of course, this is, this is our God. You know, in fact, go to Revelation, cha- well, look at Revelation chapter 1. And this is our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the Almighty. You know, a lot of people don't, I, I fear that too many who name the name of Christ don't understand that Jesus is the Almighty. Revelation 1, verse 7 and 8. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and, it, and they also which pierced him, and all the kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. So it's without question here, it's talking about the Lord Jesus Christ himself. He is the Almighty. Did he not pour himself, gave himself for us? He poured himself into our lives and providing for our salvation. And so... Uh, Job said this concerning the Almighty. Touching the Almighty, we cannot find him out. When I was in, we were, I was pastoring in Maine. We had this fellow that, uh, he wasn't at the church when I got there, but a year and a half later he came back to the church. He had left because of good reasons prior. But anyway, he came back. He was a retired school teacher. And... Uh, <clears throat> But but he didn't tell you everything he knew. He you know he 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 wasn't he didn't try to impress you. You know he's a very smart man, very gifted man. Could could do just about anything. And and, and you know we're driving down the road one day. Him and I start visiting together. He became my soul winning partner, and we'd go visiting during the day many times. And and so you know we'd be talking. And I said to him one day, I said, you know you don't let everybody know everything you can do. He said, well. If you don't tell everybody everything you can do, you keep yourself out of a lot of trouble. Uh, you know, and I thought, you know, he was one of these guys that you can't find him out. You, you, you're not going to, in a day or two or a week or even a year, learn everything about him that you could know. He, he, he was a man of great knowledge. That's what it says here about the Lord touching the Almighty. We cannot find him out. You'll never learn everything there is to know about the Almighty God. You never will. Not in this life. When we get to heaven, then we're going to know. But until then, we're not going to know everything we, we can know about him. You know, he is excellent in power and in judgment and in plenty of justice. He will not afflict. And so this is the almighty God. Uh, and God is that secret place. He's that secret place. It says, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So let's think about that protection of the secret place. Verse 2 says, I will say to the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. So He is a protector of His own. Verse 1 talks about the secret place, or dwelling in the secret place. You know, a secret place is a place that others don't know about. You know, kids often say they have this secret hiding place. Well, is it a completely unknown place? No, it's just a place that Others don't know about it. 
but it implies something be it that is hidden. Uh, and there is some secret places God hides us. It may be in broad daylight. Moses was hidden in the ark of bulrushes, found by the princess of Egypt, who delivered him. And then can you imagine this? His mother gets paid to nurse him. Isn't that kind of, kind of funny? His mother gets paid to nurse him all the while she's teaching him about God, about his God. She put in his little mind what he needed to know about his God that ne- he never forgot. John 7, verse 30 says, Then they sought to take him, but no man laid hands on him, speaking by Jesus, because his hour is not yet come. Verse 44, Some of them would have taken him, but no man laid hands on him. John 8, 20, These words spake Jesus in the treasury as he taught in the temple, and no man laid hands on him, for his hour was not yet come. John 8, 58, 59, Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. He's saying that I am God. I'm the Almighty. Then they took up stones to cast themselves cast at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. You know, this is our hidden place. This is our secret place. It is our God. Psalm 27.5 says, For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. You know, Jesus was in the temple when he said, I am. You know, surrounded by all these Pharisees and religious zealots who, who hated his guts and they wanted to stone him, but he passed through the midst of them. As if all of a sudden they have blinders on. Psalm 143, verse 9, Deliver me, O Lord, from my enemies, for I flee unto thee to hide me. So, you know, he, it speaks of God as our secret place, as our refuge. A refuge there in verse 2 speaks of a shelter. It speaks of God as a fortress, which means a strong place of defense. He's our shield. A shield, a buckler shield is a large protective armor that covered the whole body. And so here it's used to refer to the faithfulness of God and his truth. You know, something that surrounds us, keeps everything together, the buckler, like a belt. You know, God has it all together. The buckler kept everything together. And he is the buckler. He has it all together. In this passage, many believe is a reference to Joshua and Caleb, whom they embraced the truth, trusted the truth, acted on the truth, and it was their defense mechanism and what kept them focused on the right path for 40 years while everybody else wandered around in the wilderness, going nowhere. Now, they weren't just wandering around, although they went where everyone else went. They were walking with God. You know, while all the world's wandering, wandering around and not going anywhere, not knowing what to do, you know, we need to be walking with God. And learning about him, about his righteous judgment, 
about his compassion, love for his people. You know, Exodus 33.11 says, And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face, as man speaketh unto his friend. And he turned again unto the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. This is the dwelling place of, of uh, Joshua. So him and Caleb, uh, they, holy, they followed the Lord. They were faithful. They, they, were, uh, they trusted in him. He was their secret place. He was also their deliverance. We notice the deliverance of the Almighty, verses 8 through 16. Let's look at verse 8. You know, so they, for several things here. They would see or look at the judgment of the wicked. Only see it. It would not be upon them. Notice verse 8. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. So they would see it, but not experience it. They only experienced it secondhand, as it happened to other people. Remember, when the spies came back with the evil report, and Joshua and Caleb were among those 12 spies. And the 10 came up, brought up this evil report and said, we cannot go up. You know, there's giants in the land. There's walled cities there, and we cannot do it. And, and we're like grasshoppers in their sight. And it turned a whole nation against Moses and Aaron and Joshua and Caleb. And Joshua and Caleb, you know, said, let's go over once. The Lord hath given it. You know, their hearts are melting. They're afraid of us. And God said... Every one of you guys, was it 40 or 20 years and over, is going to die because you murmured against me. Did not believe my word. Joshua and Caleb were among that age group, but guess what? They did not die. He said, except Joshua and Caleb because they believed his word. So they would see all this for 40 years. You go back to Numbers and you can read all these experiences they had. Uh, Korah, Dath, and Abiram rose up among the congregation and said to Moses, you take too much upon you. And they wanted to, enter into the, they wanted to also enter into the priest's office and, and, you know, and share the work with Aaron, even though they were serving in the tabernacle. And they thought Moses, you know, they thought he was acting like he was a self-appointed leader. When God had appointed Moses and 250 of their brethren, they rose up. And Joshua Caleb watched while the earth opened up and swallowed them all alive. They saw it, but they did not experience it. Number 1641, the next day, the very next day. You know, you would think that would make everybody afraid to open their mouth and, 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 and speak against Moses and speak against Aaron and, and murmur against God's appointed leaders. But you know what? The very next day, they murmured again. They began murmuring against Moses and Aaron, and a plague begins, and people begin to die. And Moses tells Aaron to intercede with a censer from off the altar, but not before 14,000 some die. Again, Joshua and Caleb are just watching. They see it. Only with thine eyes. They see it. Numbers 21. Again, the people sinned. 
God sent fiery serpents, and many of them died. Numbers 25, they commit whoredom with the daughters of Moab and sacrifice to their gods. 24,000 die as a result. Joshua and Caleb, they saw it, but not experienced their judgment. You see, only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. If you know Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're not going to see the judgment of God upon the wicked or experience this judgment of God upon the wicked. You can see it, but you will not experience it. I was talking to a man recently about his son. He's in terrible condition, not very old. This is what he said. I guess he brought it all upon himself. I said, yeah, he did. It is rebellion against God. Second thing we see here, they were, they were also protected from the destruction without. Verse 9 and 10 says, Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. They escaped the plagues. Again, belief in God protected them. Notice verse 4 said, He shall cover thee with his feathers under his wings, shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. You know, they endured, now understand, they endured the hardships, if you will, brought on by the rebellion of others. Because of what the others did, they also were delayed 40 years going into the land of Canaan which was promised them. The point is, righteous suffer with the wicked. Many times because of the wicked. And so they endured that. You realize it's only 11 days journey from Egypt to the promised land? And they spent 40 years. They were protected from destruction within. Verse 11, 12 says this. He shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. He shall bear, they shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against the stone. Now, when you stub your toe, I think that's kind of the idea of dashing your foot against the stone. You do it to yourself. And when I've stubbed my toe or twisted my ankle or something like that. Um, most often it's because I wasn't watching. Or I put my foot down in the wrong place. Or, you know, I didn't lift my foot, you know, didn't see a, uh, a step or something, and so you stub your toe. And you can injure yourself that way, and you do it to yourself. But, you know, here it says... They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against the stone. Uh, you know, Proverbs twenty nine fifteen says this: The rod and reproof give wisdom. Child left himself bringeth his mother to shame. You know, a child of God left to himself, without the leading of the Lord, you're going to get yourself in trouble. We can get ourselves into trouble real fast. Lot got himself into trouble. Serious trouble. And David got himself into trouble. Instead of trusting God to protect him from Saul, he decides he needed to go to the Philistine king and dwell in the land of the Philistines. 
Even after God had protected him on several close calls, he decides he's going to go to the Philistines, so, so Saul will give up trying to kill him. He got in serious trouble there. You know, there was sin and death all around constantly. Joshua and Caleb in the wilderness, people dying weekly, uh, funerals probably every day. And yet, the Bible says that they, they were protected. He gave his angels charge over to keep thee in all thy ways. Uh, the shield, verse 4 talks about a shield and the buckler at the end of the verse there. And, of course, it's a large protective arm that covers the whole body. And it refers here to the faithfulness of God, something that surrounds us. It keeps everything together, sort of like a belt. You know, if we believe not, yet he abideth faithful, as 2 Timothy tells us. And so Joshua and Caleb embraced the truth. They, they, they obeyed the truth. They trusted on in it. They acted upon it. It was their defense mechanism. It's what kept them focused on the right path for 40 years. Well, everybody else is just wandering around, not knowing where they're going. You know, it would have been frustrating to have been Caleb and Joshua during this 40 years. But they trusted the Lord. They protected. They were protected. And God is the Almighty. He will protect Isaiah one twenty eight says, And the destruction of transgressors and of sinners shall be together, and they that forsake the Lord shall be consumed. Psalm 37.26, He is ever merciful, and lendeth, and his seed is blessed. Joshua 2.8 says, They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. Now, the Almighty God can protect in the secret place. He can protect us against the enemy. He can protect us from our own errors. You know, I'm reminded about the, the um, I think I might have shared this story with you before, about the, there was a, a missionary to China. He was called the Bible, they called him the Bible man. And telling a story about, about his activities as a missionary, and, and before China took over Hong. This is before China took over Hong Kong. So he went to Hong Kong and smuggle, basically smuggle Bibles and Christian literature into China. He said it's just a bridge, basically a bridge from Hong Kong into China. And so what they did was they would pack their suitcases with, of course, the clothing and stuff they were going to need for whatever length of time they were going to be in China. And in amongst all that stuff, they'd put Bibles and Christian literature, teaching materials and stuff like that. And then they'd walk across the bridge looking like businessmen, dragging their suitcases with them. They always had a risk that they'd get pointed out and inspected. So it was a dangerous, dangerous enterprise. Well, one day, they had a new guy with them. There was a, it was him and another lady and then this new guy. The new guy was nervous. He was very nervous. I think I could understand. Anyway, and so, you know, he's really nervous about all this. You know what I'm saying? He said, just calm down and just walk across just like you're a businessman. Don't worry about it, you know. And, and so, so they, they, uh, they get up there, they walk across, and they're walking across the bridge, and the guards pointed him out. And, of course, you know, he said, 
me and this other lady were, you know, were with them. So we all got taken into this room, and and uh, we get we get taken into this inspection room, and and he said, put your suitcases up on the, you know, they said it in Chinese, put your suitcases up on a, up on this table, and they threw the suitcases up there, and they told this guy that was nervous to open his first, and he opened his, and he had picked up the lady's suitcase, and what was laying on top was the army undergarments of a woman. <laughs> and they just started laughing and said, get out of here. <laughs> that wasn't an accident. That was God's way of protecting. You see, he is the almighty. He's the one that can provide and protect uh, even in unusual circumstances. And so, uh, only with thine eyes shalt thou see. And then fourthly notice the victory that is promised to his own. Verses 13 through 16. It says, Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder, the young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. So verse 13 says, You're going to tread tread upon the lion and the adder. refers to the enemies that are empowered by Satan that would overcome us and destroy us, destroy us in the land. Uh, Of course, you know, this was was the the, uh, reference to the Canaan land, but... The application is to us. So this victory was brought to pass by Joshua Caleb submitting to the Lord and fighting for the Lord. Uh, fighting the flesh, fighting the world, fortified cities, fighting the giants. They, they, they had enemies that they had to contend with. You know, in this world, we have enemies. We have an adversary that we have to contend with. Their love. Notice he says, because he has set his love upon me, verse 14. See, their love, their first love was the Lord. The word set means they delighted in or they longed for. So they delighted in the Lord. Psalm 37, <clears throat> Psalm 37, and verse uh, 4 says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. See, the key is to delight yourself in the Lord. And he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. What was the desire of Caleb's heart? It was where the biggest enemies were. The sons of Anak. I had to think for a minute who the sons were. Sons of Anak, the giants, were in Hebron. And Caleb says, give me Hebron, give me that mountain. For the Lord gave me a promise and I'll drive them out. I may be 85, but I'll drive them out anyway. You know. Why? He delighted in the Lord, and and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. 
That was his delight. So, you know, after a chaotic 40-year journey from Egypt to the Promised Land, and then having to face the enemies of the Lord, Joshua and Caleb never lost their trust in the Almighty. He was their first love. You know, when John the Apostle, the aged Apostle, wrote the Ephesians church in Revelation chapter 2, in the thing that he criticized them for or condemned them for, although they did had many wonderful things. Revelation 1, verse 1 says, Under the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. <coughs> Excuse me. I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil, and hast tried them which say they are apostles, and are not, hast found them liars, Hast borne and hast patience for my name's sake, hast labored and hast not fainted. You know, to think about it, all the things that he lists there, this was a very, very busy church. They were very, very, very busy. However, he says, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. You know, you can get too busy trying to do the Lord's work. Even Jesus told his disciples on several occasions, come apart and rest a while. The old saying is, if you don't come apart and rest a while, you'll come apart after a while. Now, Joshua and Caleb, they never lost their first love. He was, the Lord was their secret place. He was their secret place. Uh, they had set their love upon him. Therefore, he gave them a promise. Uh, they called upon him, and he answered them. He was with them throughout all their troubles, throughout all their trials, throughout all their hardships. Uh, and the Lord is with us. You know, he has promised, never leave us nor forsake us. So we boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man should do unto me. You see, he has promised us victory over the world and promised eternal life when he is our secret place, our refuge. You know, Joshua and Caleb did not know what 40 years of wandering would bring. But they did know that God had given them a promise. God gave Caleb a promise. And Caleb reminded Joshua of that promise when they entered the promised land. The Lord promised me this land. So in the midst of trials, calamities, all the things that are going on in the world, God hasn't changed. God hasn't changed. He knows what's happening. He knows what's going on. He knows what challenges we will face. We may not. In fact, we do not. But God is already there. 
He is our secret place. He is our refuge. He is our fortress. You know, if you, again, if you read the first four or five verses of this passage, it really describes for you a very heavily fortified place. That's our secret place. And it really isn't a secret. I mean, it can be in broad daylight. You know, we, again, we, I, I quoted some of the examples about Jesus in the New Testament when they, when they wanted to kill him. And, you know, in, in Luke chapter 4, they wanted to throw him headlong down over the brow of the hill. They made him, he made him so angry, and he just walked through the midst of them, so passed by. You see, it is he that pours himself into our lives and can provide. We don't know what the future holds. However, we do know the God who holds the future. And we can trust in him. We don't have to be alarmed or fearful because he hath promised never to leave us nor forsake us. So dwell in the secret place. Abide under that shadow of the Almighty. You know, the shadow is something that's, you know, it's not really real. It's just an image. But yet it speaks of a protective place that God has given us. And, and, uh, and so we need to abide under that shadow. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the time in your word tonight. Thank you for the encouragement we received from this psalm. And thank you for these examples you've given us in the scripture of those who have gone before us that trusted and rested in your promises. And I pray that you help us just to rest in those same promises that you've given to us. We pray for your help and blessing in the business meeting tonight. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.